they've been married for 30 years. He's a pioneer of Catholic lay evangelization, and she has a master's degree in theology. Put on the coffee and get ready to open the scriptures. It's time for Bible with the Barbers. Now, here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Welcome, welcome to Bible with the Barbers on this Friday, May the 12th. Of our Blessed Mother Mary, we honor her, and this coming Sunday is Mother's Day. Remind you all to honor your mothers, especially honor your mothers through obedience and prayer. Uh, we'll begin with a prayer in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. During Easter time, three times a day, we say, Queen of Heaven, rejoice! Alleluia! For He whom you merited to bear, Alleluia, has risen as He said, Alleluia. Pray for us to God, Alleluia. Rejoice and be glad, O Virgin Mary, Alleluia. For the Lord is truly risen. Alleluia. O God, who by the resurrection of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, have vouchsafed to make glad the whole world, grant we beseech thee that through the prayers of the Virgin Mary we may rejoice to share in his resurrection through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Sanctus, 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 Dominus Deus Sabaoth, Plenis Uncelia Terra, Gloria Tua, Hosanna in Excelsis, Benedictus qui venit in nomine domini, Hosanna in excelsis. Well, thank you for joining us. If you didn't hear last week's show, I hope you will um, go to the podcast and listen to it. We talked about loneliness and isolation, um, something that's become very familiar in our world since the lockdown of 2020, which isn't quite nobody's fully recovered from, I don't think. But here's the deal. We, we, we go forward in the direction of God, hopefully. And we talked about um, checking in with people and listening to people and um, validating them, don't put them down, don't tear them apart. And, and then we gave the example of Jesus in the Bible. We want to remember that, that this is, we're, we're sharing God with others. This is what we want to do. We're not, it's not about me. It's not about, it was like Jesse said about family, it's forget about myself and live for others. I'm living in love for others. So I want to pass on the love of God to others. So we have to remain in union with God to do that. And, and Jesus in the gospel, when he, you know, people were brought to him, you know, the, when the, the woman caught in adultery was brought to him, he doesn't condemn her, but he does say, give up this sin, go and sin no more. The woman at the well in, and uh, at the Samaritan woman at the well, he doesn't condemn her. He brings her and he draws her up to a higher plane. She's on an earthly plane. She's had five husbands. The man she's with now is not her husband. And he doesn't condemn her. He says, woman, go and call your husband. <laughs> and when she says, I have no husband, she, he says, well, now you've told the truth because you've had five and the one you're with is not your husband. But he invites her to repentance, to change her life, change her life, start living the way God has called us to live, to obey the 10 commandments. And the first, of course, the, the, the first three commandments, honor the Lord, your God, do not take the name of the Lord, your God in vain. And keep holy the Sabbath are summed up in Love the Lord your God with your whole heart, mind, and soul, with all your strength. And the second, the fourth through the tenth, the fourth commandment is, Honor thy father and thy mother. The fifth, thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not kill. The sixth, thou shalt not commit adultery. The seventh, thou shalt not steal. The eighth, thou shalt not bear false witness. The ninth, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife. The tenth, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's goods. Those are all summed up in the commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. And in today's gospel, if you're a Catholic and you went to daily mass today, the gospel they read is from the Last Supper, John's gospel, where Jesus says, love one another as I, as Jesus has loved you. So we're supposed to love one another with Jesus's love. And St. Therese of Lisieux said, well, I can't do that, Lord, unless you're going to lend me your heart with which to love my neighbor. 
And so that's what we ask. We ask so so again that overcoming that loneliness, helping people overcome loneliness, reach out and touch them. There was a song when we were kids. I don't know. Reach out and touch somebody's hand. Make this world better if you can. You know, if I would I be talking to stone if I asked you to share a problem that's not your own? That's one of the lines from the from the song. We can change things if we start giving. Giving the love of God, giving the love that God has given to us to others. So today, what we want to talk about, because this loneliness and isolation, which, which is essentially at the core of it is sin. Well, how do we get back? What is the way to get back? Well, I want to talk about that. I want to talk about how are we going to get back and what do we need to do? How do we stay in touch with God? Um, are we full of God so that we can share God with others? Do we have self-possession of ourselves enough? Do we know that we are God's very dear children, made in God's image as persons to be loved, and that we're called to pass on God's love and to love one another? Do we have that reality within ourselves? Or are we just always afraid and looking around, what are, what is people thinking about me, you know, um, feeling sorry for ourselves, or like Father Glenn Botton, our pastor, is always saying here at Our Lady of Grace, you know, do we have the Eeyore symptom? I'm no good. I can't do anything right. Da, da, da. Well, that's I, you know, that's I have eye trouble there. You know, I with a capital I, I'm only looking at myself. Let's start looking towards God. Try to reorient our whole inner being towards God. And we can do that because he'll help us do that. Do we have anything in the gospel that gives us a clue? Well, it's interesting. In the gospel of John, at the very beginning of the gospel, John the Baptist points to Jesus and he says, look, there is the Lamb of God. So some of John's followers follow Jesus and they're following him and they're walking after him. And Jesus turns around and he says, what are you looking for? And they say, Rabbi, where do you stay? And Jesus says, come and see. Jesus doesn't say go. He says, come. So the first invitation from Jesus is for us to come and spend time with him. Bishop Sheen once said, he said, you know, one of the biggest problems in our world today is we have too many go-go's and not enough come-comes. We have a lot of people who want to go and work and work and work and work and make and do and, and, and all these active, active verbs. But who wants to come and be in the presence of the Lord and be filled with the Lord? If we're going to communicate God and his love to others, are we even in communication with God? Do we even know him? How can we communicate him whom we don't know? How can we give what we don't have to give? You know, if I have an empty glass and I offer it to somebody, there's nothing there, right? So we want the Lord to fill us and we invite the Lord to fill us. And the Lord invites us first to come, come and see. Well, how do we do that? How does that look? Well, come, prayer. We have to pray. Prayer is the work of faith. Do you believe that God exists? Well, that he exists is not an article of faith. You don't need faith to know it. But if you believe it, if you do have that faith that God is God and I am not, that he is the maker of all things, that he is truly good. And I really want to emphasize, God is good. People get confused about the goodness of God because they look around them and they see so much evil and they say, obviously God made this. As a matter of fact, I remember once carrying on a uh, what do you call it on Facebook, a dialogue kind of thing with a younger person, much younger than myself. And the person was saying, well, God invented abortion. And I'm like, whoa, where did you get that? Well, God made everything that is. So if God made everything that is, he made abortion, right? Well, no, 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 no. God didn't make death. God didn't make sin. Everything that God made was good. Go 
go back and read the first chapter of Genesis. And God saw that it was good. And when he made man, God saw that it was very good. God didn't make evil men. He didn't make evil. Everything that God made is good. Evil, as a matter of affection, matter of fact, is the rejection of goodness. Evil is rejecting God. And that's what God made the angels first. And when he made the angels, they were all good. And none of them saw the face of God right away. They had mystical knowledge of God. They knew that God had created them. They knew that he was all good. They knew that their eternal happiness depended on knowing him, loving him, and serving him, to doing his will, and to saying yes to him. And then he gave them a test. And in that test, according to um, the teaching of the church, God showed them that he intended that his son, the second person of the Blessed Trinity, would become man, a creature who would be a spirit and yet at the same time would have clay. And the angels were like, well, we're pure spirits. We have pure intellect. We're, you know, we don't have all this confusion of the body and the emotions and the, and, and God said, I just, I'm going to want, you're going to serve him. And Lucifer, the highest angel, the highest, Lucifer, the light bearer said, I will not serve his pride. He was cut to the quick. And Thomas Aquinas asked, he said, well, how? how? Lucifer knew that if he rebelled against God, he would never have any happiness. How could he do this? And he said, well, there's ends towards which we, we tend and there's ends from which we run. So if I see a good thing and I want it, you know, I want, I want to win the race. I practice hard and I discipline my body to win the race. But, um, and if I want to buy this house because I need this house for my family, I work very hard and I save the money. That's a good end. I'm, it's an end toward which I'm going. But then if I'm trapped in a building on the 10th story and all the stairwells are, are on fire and I can't get down and there's only one way out, there's a window and I could jump. It's like, but if I jump, I'll die. But maybe not, maybe not. Maybe I won't die in the plunge. Maybe, maybe someone will catch me. Maybe there'll be one of those safety nets down there and the firemen are down there and they're going to catch me. So you're not, you're not jumping out of the window to kill yourself. You're jumping out of the window to get away from the fire. And in, in the plunge, if there's no safety net to catch you, you're going to die. So Satan, he wasn't tending toward a good end. He was trying to run away. For him, serving a creature who was lower than himself was like being in a, trapped in a building and the only escape was to jump out a window. But there was no safety net for him because when an angel makes a choice, that choice is irrevocable. And he said he would not serve. He says no to God. That's what evil is. God didn't make that. God didn't make death and he doesn't make evil men. Everyone that God made is good and the angels were good. But Satan, Lucifer, and a third of the angels rebelled against God and said, no, they wouldn't serve. And so they lost the place that had been prepared for them in heaven. They weren't in heaven, but God had prepared a place for them if they would say, yes, I'll serve. But they wouldn't serve. And because they wouldn't serve, they lost the place that had been prepared for them. They never saw God face to face. And so evil comes from sin. And, and man, why do we see evil men? Why do we see evil in this world? Because men sin. And, and you know, people ask the question, well, why? Why would God let us sin? <gasps> oh, well, there's that music and we're coming up against a break. And I hope you tell all your family and friends about this. I want to thank the radio stations who pick us up. I want to thank our benefactors material benefactors and spiritual benefactors. I want to thank our volunteers, the people who work with us. We couldn't do this without everybody working together and praying together and asking God to bless this work and carry it on. Share this app with your family and friends and share our website with your family and friends. 
I'll be right back with more on Bible with the Barbers. Now, back to Bible with the Barbers. If you have a question or comment, call 888-526-2151. Here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Welcome. Welcome back to Bible with the Barbers on this Friday, May the 12th. Tomorrow is May 13th. It is the Feast of Our Lady of Fatima. And um, we honor mothers on Sunday. So remember to honor your mother, especially through prayer and sacrifice. Have masses offered for your mother. Say a rosary for your mom. Say some prayers for her. Make a visit to the Blessed Sacrament. Do something very special for your mom. And by the way, one of the most special things you can do for your mom, just on a practical level, and I was talking about spiritual things first, but clean up your room. Clean up the house for her. Uh, clean up around the house for her, outside and in, you know? Just, it. hey, you know, it will really brighten her day. Um, so here's the deal. We, we talked about sin. How did evil come into the world? First, Satan rebelled against God. Evil, God did not make evil. And God didn't make evil men. Nothing that God made is evil, okay? And by the way, <laughs> so we're going to talk about this a little bit. God made man, and he made man in his own image, and he gave man gifts, gifts that were above and beyond his nature. And he created Adam and Eve in grace. Adam and Eve were immaculately created. They had no sin. They had grace in their soul, the life of God in them. And so, and they had infused knowledge. They weren't going to die. They had immortality on this earth. They had, um, um, they weren't going to die. They wouldn't be sick and they weren't going to have to labor hard for the food they would eat. They would simply go to the garden. They'd have to pick the food. You'd have to get it. God, but God would make it grow. So, well, what happened here? Well, God created man in his image and established him in his friendship. A spiritual creature, man can live this friendship only in free submission to God. The prohibition against eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil spells this out. For in the day that you eat it, you shall die. You would become subject to death. Enters death. God didn't make death. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil symbolically evokes the insurmountable limits that man, being a creature, must freely recognize and respect with trust. Man is dependent on his creator and subject to the laws of creation and to the moral norms that govern the use of freedom. So we have to admit we didn't make ourselves and this is what the devil had to admit, too. He didn't make himself. He wasn't in charge. You know how every two-year-old or three-year-old wants to be in charge of the world? <laughs> it's the rebellion of man. And we have to learn and say, no, I am not in charge. I was made by God. Bishop Sheen once said, if you don't think you're connected to the past, if you don't think you're dependent on someone else, check tonight and see if you have a belly button. You know, if you have a belly button, yeah, you're, you were connected to the past. You're dependent on someone else. But most of all, we're all dependent on God. God made us and God is good. And he gave us laws to follow. If we follow his laws, we will have happiness and peace. But if we rebel, we will have evil and hatred and anger and out of control anger and no joy in this world. The Catechism of the Catholic Church, 396, that's the one I just read to you. And then 397 says this, the first sin of man, the original sin. Man, tempted by the devil, let his trust in his creator die in his heart. And abusing, abusing his freedom, disobeyed God's command. When we sin, we are abusing freedom. That's not freedom. 
Sin is not freedom. Sin is an abuse against freedom. God made us to love him. And in order to love him, we have to be free. But true freedom is doing what we ought. And as God's creatures and as his very dear children, we should love him and obey him and trust him because he's a good father who only does good. This is what man's first sin consisted of, disobeying God's command, abusing his freedom. All subsequent sin would be disobedience toward God and lack of trust in his goodness. So man preferred himself to God and he scorned God. The same thing Satan had done. Satan tempted him, but that was a free choice Adam and Eve made. They freely made that choice. God made them for love. He made them to come and see, to come and rest with him, to know him and to love him and to serve him. God didn't make evil. And I really want to emphasize that because there's this confusion and the devil plays on our imagination. He can um, also, you know, try to get us to look at all the evil in the world around and say, oh, you see, God is evil. God is bad. He made all, God didn't make all this. Sin is evil and sin is rebellion against God. So for those of you out there who have been treated unjustly, maybe you had someone who beat you up when you were a kid or someone who molested you when you were a child, um, someone who abandoned you, someone who lied to you, someone who broke your trust, who, who wasn't faithful to their promises. All of that tends to make us believe that that's how God is, but that's not God. That's sin and the devil. That's the world, the flesh, and the devil who all rebel against God. We have to turn back to God. And Jesus in the 14th chapter of John tells us, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Bishop Sheen once said, without the way, there is no going. Without the truth, there is no knowing. Without the life, there is no living. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the life. If we want to be on the right path, we follow Jesus. If we want knowledge of truth, if we really want true knowledge, we have to go to Jesus and, and come to know him. And if we want eternal life, we have to come back to God. So we follow God. We follow his laws and, and he is good. He is eminently good. He is infinitely good. He's only goodness. All goodness comes from God. Any goodness that there is comes from God. And God made, you know, there's a lot of confusion about there, you know, about aliens and other spiritual creatures, and maybe there's the devils and the angels, but there's some other spirits. No, no. There's no secret knowledge that you need to discover. Read the scriptures. This is God's holy word to you. So that's how we come to know him. Come and see. Come and spend time with him in the scriptures. And as Catholic Christians, we know that Jesus is really present in the most blessed sacrament of the altar. We can spend time with him. Now, believe me, the devil's going to try and trick us in every way he can. He'll use our imagination. He'll use the bad people around, the people who do bad things around us. There are a lot of people who do bad things. There are actually people who choose to try and destroy goodness. They're evil. Bishop Sheen made that distinction. He said, you know, there are bad people and there are evil people. He said, a bad person does bad things, okay? Goes out and commits murder or goes out and, you know, steals or lies or whatever. You know, he breaks the Ten Commandments. But an evil person is a person who has set himself on the destruction of goodness. When he sees what's good, he wants it destroyed. He wants it obliterated. 
the innocence of a child, the innocence of a young person, the faith of a young person who believes in God and someone who attacks that, that's evil, okay? And yes, there are evil people out there, but God did not make them. They chose to sin. And the more we sin, the darker our intellect gets and the weaker our will gets. Our intellect was made to know God and our will was made to choose the true good, God. God is the true good. But our will can only choose insofar as our intellect sees God as the good. The more we sin, the less we see God as the good. And we can mistake the created things of this world. We can mistake the creature for the creator. And we were, and you read Romans, read the book of Romans where Paul talks about this. You know, you want to know that faith is not an article of faith? Excuse me. That knowledge of the existence of God is not an article of faith. Wow. Knowledge of the existence of God is not an article of faith. Read the letter to the Romans. Paul says it. They could have clearly known about the existence of God from the good things that God made. Everything that God made is good. So what is this evil out there? It's sin. The, 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 some of the angels rebelled against God and became devils. And then they came and tempted man and man rebelled against God and became a sinner. And, and that, through that sin, then wickedness came into the world. You know, after Adam and Eve sinned and then they have their children, their first children are Cain and Abel. And what happens? You know, somebody once said to me, I can't imagine that somebody in their own family would kill someone, some, a brother or a sister or a, a, a relative. Really? The first murder that, that happened on this earth was Cain killing Abel. Go read the book of Genesis. Cain killed his brother. And why? Because Cain was jealous of Abel. Because Abel was good. And Cain was wicked. And God told Cain, sin is lurking at the door, Cain, but you can be its master. And Cain didn't listen. He rebelled and he killed Abel. And so we, we have to fight against the tendency of sin. It's not God who created evil. The evil comes through sin. And people can actually turn evil. They can actually want the destruction of goodness. Okay? So God made angels and he made men. And then, you know, he made the animals and all the inanimate and animate objects that we're familiar with. There's not some other spiritual creature other than angels, okay? And, and with the angels, you have the angels who went to heaven who are angels, and you have the demons. And the demons will try and convince you that there's good devils, only they don't present themselves as devils. They come as angels of light to present you with knowledge and, and information. And don't get your, your theology or your truths about God from the movies. They're not telling you the truth. And a lot of those movies are inspired by the demons to create confusion. Just like the demons inspired the ancient pagans in their worship of their gods. And they were really worshiping demons. Again, read the New Testament. Read Paul's letter to the Corinthians. Okay, our spiritual battle is real and we have to battle against our own flesh and against the world. And we have to battle against the devil because and we need God's help to do it. So what do we do? Come and see, spend time with God, read the scriptures, pray every day, come to the blessed sacrament, spend time with our Lord in the blessed sacrament. Know that God, that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth and the life. He leads us and he'll give us the, the true life. And Jesus also says in Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 and following, come to me, all you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest. Are you lonely? Are you isolated? Are you burdened? 
come to the Lord and ask him to show you how to make friends with people who will help you to get closer to the Lord and help you to find the true happiness that you're searching for. You see, Bishop Sheen once said, there's a God-sized hole in our heart. Man was made for union with God. Adam walked in the garden in the cool of the day with God. He conversed familiarly with God before his sin. So we want to converse with God in prayer and we want to listen, conversation. This isn't a monologue. We want to listen. So we converse with God, become familiar with him, but not not with familiarity that breeds contempt, but familiar with him with that awe and wonder that God is God and I am not. And God is good. He is infinitely good. He is the origin of all goodness. And he wants good for me. He wants me to know him and love him and serve him. And even if we suffered terrible injustices and and are in pain because of the injustices we've suffered, God wants to heal the wounds. I hear the music again. The time just goes too fast. But tell your family and friends to join us on Bible with the Barbers and on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Share the app, share our website, share our Facebook page, our Rumble page. Let people know. Thank you all for doing that. Thank you to our supporters and our listeners. And don't go away. We'll be back and invite someone to join us. Now back to Bible with the Barbers. If you have a question or comment, Call 888-526-2151. Here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on Bible with the Barbers. So we're talking about finding our way back to the Lord because we lost him and the loneliness and isolation, which is rooted in sin. But also, you know, man was made to be in community. This is what God in the beginning when he made Adam and Adam discovered and Adam had to discover this. It's not that God, you know, was afterthought created Eve. His intention was to create Eve, but Adam had to discover that he was alone and he needed a suitable partner. And so God created Eve after Adam discovered that. But they were created to be in community, a community of love and life. Why? Because God is not a solitude unto himself. God has revealed himself as a trinity of persons. That God exists, we can know without faith. That he is a trinity of persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we need faith to know that, and it has to be revealed by God. So we want, we, you know, we did a little history of the fall of man and what does it mean and what does, and what does it entail, and then how does that affect us? And that God didn't make evil. God is good, and everything God made is good. And if you think God is evil or God made evil men, this, then Satan is tempting you, okay? Those temptations come from the devil. The devil wants you to believe that God isn't good. That's what he tempted Adam and Eve to think. God's hiding stuff from you. He's keeping things from you. No, God made us. He knows why he made us and he knows what are our limits and we have to admit our limits and submit to our limits, okay? So we want to live by the knowledge of God. So we talked about some of the scripture passages. Um, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus said, come and see. Come to me all you labor. Now we want to look at 1 Peter 2. Come to, um, come to him, the living stone. But before that, at the end of 1 Peter 1, we have some things. It says, you have been ransomed from the futile way inherited from your fathers, not by perishable things like silver or gold, but by the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. We were ransomed by the blood of Christ. 
Jesus Christ is the second person of the Blessed Trinity who has taken to himself a human nature. He's not a human person. He's a divine person who took to himself a human nature to redeem mankind, to bring us back into union with God, to recapitulate all things in himself, all of creation, and bring it back to the Father. So, the living stones in a chosen people, chapter 2 of Peter's first letter. So put away all malice, all guile, and insincerity, and envy, and all slander. Like newborn babes, long for pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up to salvation. For you have tasted the kindness of the Lord. God is good, and he is kind. Come to him, to Jesus Christ, the living stone, rejected by men, but in God's sight, chosen and precious. And the living stone, and like living stones, and like living stones, be yourselves built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifice acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So we all participate in the priesthood of Jesus Christ by our baptism, but there is a difference between the ordained priestly ministry that can offer the sacrifice of Christ, the Paschal mystery, and, and the sacraments and the ordinary priesthood of the faith of all the faithful. Okay. But I can't go into that today, but we'll have to do that for another day. Um, and scripture writes this, behold, I'm laying in Zion, a stone, a cornerstone chosen and precious. And he who believes in him will not be put to shame. If we believe in the Lord Jesus and persevere in that belief, we'll never be put to shame. And we ask every day for the grace to persevere in believing. To you, therefore, who believe, he is precious. But to those who do not believe, the very stone which the builders rejected. He's the stone which the builders rejected for those who don't believe. But he's become the cornerstone. And he's a stone that will make men stumble and a rock that will make them fall. For they stumble because they disobeyed the word as they were destined to do. So remember, it's not they didn't stumble because God made them stumble. They stumbled because they wouldn't accept God's will. We have to humble ourselves before the Lord and accept his way. And yes, God does allow evil. He hasn't, Jesus didn't come to eradicate evil. He didn't come to eradicate human suffering. He came to fill it with his presence. And he came to invite us to live a life free of sin. But you are a choice, chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people, that you may declare the wonderful deeds of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were no people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. You see, sin darkens the intellect. When we follow God, then we're called into his marvelous light and our intellects are enlightened with the truths of God. And in 1 John, chapter 3, 2, the, God, the apostle John tells us, beloved, we are God's children now. We are God's children. And in Ephesians 5, Paul exhorts us to behave like God, be imitators of God as his very dear children. So we are his children and we are supposed to behave like him. So God is not evil. God didn't make evil. God is good. And everything that God made is good. 
But when we rebel against God and sin, that is evil. And if we continue to rebel against God and and, and sin, we can actually become evil where we hate goodness, just like Cain hated his brother because his brother was good. And so you see sin, God didn't make sin and he didn't make death. He didn't make confusion. So we need to draw near to God, draw near to him in prayer. Um, Every day, are we checking in with God? Are we praying every day? Do we make an examination of conscience to see, have I sinned today? What is that sin? How do I repent of that? Do I tell God I'm sorry? You know, even um, Carl Menninger in his whatever happened to sin, he was, it's his memoirs. He was a psychiatrist, a Jew. Um, he said, God is real and he loves us. And so when we commit an offense against him, that's a real offense against someone who's real. So you see, when you sin, the guilt that you feel is real guilt. And we have to repent of that guilt. We have to go back to God and say, God, I am sorry that I sinned. And I want to give up this sin. Now, God may leave us with sin in terms of, yeah, he might not miraculously heal us. Remember, the apostles still stumbled and fell. Three years they spent with Jesus. And then, you know, the people come to arrest him. And what happens? Well, Judas sold him for 30 pieces of silver. Peter denies that he knows him. John's the only one who's at the foot of the cross because he went to get the Blessed Mother. If you want to know why we have devotion to the Blessed Mother, it, it helps us stay close to Jesus. It gave John the courage to be at the foot of the cross with Jesus. All the other apostles went and hid. They'd spent three years with him. They knew him. And yet, when he was suffering, they couldn't stay. They didn't have the staying power. But they would. God allowed them for their own humility's sake so that they wouldn't be prideful. God can use our sins to humble us and bring us back to himself. He doesn't will us to sin. God never wills us to sin. And so, you know, there are people out there who who ask the question, well, look, I mean, ever since I was a child, people have molested me or beaten me up, beaten me up or, you know, treated me less than human. So obviously there are evil people out there and God must have made them because because they're they're out there. And if they're evil, well, you know, no, just because they're out there and they're evil, it doesn't follow that God made the evil. Everything that God made is good. God saw that it was good. And when he made man, he saw that it was very good. But man was made for union with God. And man can only find his purpose in that knowing, loving union. You know, people are constantly looking for happiness, right? And some people say, well, money, that'll, that'll get me happiness because I can buy everything I want and that'll make me happy. And the more they get, the less satisfied they are and the more they try to acquire and, and the more they acquire, the less satisfied they say they want more. And it's, it's a never ending, it's a law of diminishing returns. And, you know, money can't make us happy because it's only good for the things that it buys us. But the thing, things, human, created things can't satisfy the longing of the human heart. Even human relationships cannot perfectly satisfy us because every human being has concupiscence. And it tends to think of themselves first. So even in a loving relationship where we're trying to be generous and trying to serve the person that we love, we still tend to think about ourselves and, and uh, complain sometimes or, or get angry at people because they're not thinking enough about us. So even a perfect loving human relationship doesn't satisfy the longing of our heart. You know, 
Um, by the way, it's interesting. Father Benedict Rochelle once, once talked about the fact that that song, Oh Sweet Mystery of Life, At Last I Found Thee, with, was made fen- famous by Jeanette McDonald and um, Nelson Eddy. They sang it, and they used it in Hollywood as a love song between two human beings. Um, but it's interesting because the man who wrote the song was Jewish, and his wife was Catholic. At least this is the way I remembered Father Benedict telling the story. And Father Benedict said, that Father Solanus Casey, Venerable Solanus Casey, used to take his violin into the chapel and he used to play that song before Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. Because you see, the man who wrote the song wrote the song for his wife and her relationship with Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. Oh, sweet mystery of life, at last I found thee. All the searching, hoping, longing, seeking, For it is love and love alone that I am seeking, and it is you and you alone that I adore. Look the song up and listen to it. And remember that it was written for a woman who was Catholic, who loved Jesus and the Blessed Sacrament, and her non-Catholic husband wrote it for her devotion, about her devotion to Jesus and the Blessed Sacrament. That's what that song is about. And we should have this love, and that's it. The longing in our heart can only be filled by the presence of God. It can only be perfectly satisfied in a knowing, loving union where we are known for who we are and loved perfectly without condition and that we know the other and know that the other is good and loves us and we accept that love and give back our love. Oh, sweet mystery of life, at last I found thee, Jesus in the Eucharist. That's the kind of love that will satisfy the longing of the human heart. We'll be right back, and I guess we're going to have to wrap this all up and bring it all together. Please still tell your family and friends to join us, but let everybody know that you know about Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Don't go away. We'll be back with more. Now back to Bible with the Barbers. If you have a question or comment, call 888-526-2151. Here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Welcome, welcome back to Bible with the Barbers on this Friday, May the 12th, the day before the Feast of Our Lady of Fatima, Saturday, May 13th. And then uh, Mother's Day follows on Sunday. Remember our mother, our holy, our heavenly mother, the Blessed Mother Mary. We can thank God for her. We remember our Holy Mother, the Church. She's our Holy Mother because through the Church, we have received baptism, which is the new life of grace. And then we receive the Eucharist and confession and the other sacraments. So we receive continued growth in grace and nourishment for our souls. So we pray for the Church, especially on this Mother's Day weekend, and pray for our own mothers. Do something special for your mother this weekend. Say a special prayers for her. Have masses offered for her. Um, do something special around the house on a practical level. Show her that you love her. Clean up your room. Um, put your clothes away. Uh, maybe clean the yard and the, the outside the house. You know, oftentimes a woman works very hard at keeping the house clean, but if the sidewalks and the things around the house outside aren't cleaned up, the dirt's going to get just tracked in again. So um, anyway, that, that's just practical things. So we're talking, last week we talked about isolation and loneliness. So this week we're talking about being in touch with God because we were made for God. We were made by God. We were made for union with God. And this is evident in in Genesis when the Lord God makes man in his own image after his own likeness, he makes him. Male and female, he creates them to be in community with one another. And sin breaks that all down. And that's, this is where evil, the source of evil is sin. 
because God is good and evil is the rejection of goodness. It's a rejection of God. So, um, you know, if you're, if you're hearing voices or having dreams or whatever, um, you know, that, that uh, tell you that there are other creatures out there besides the devils and the angels, some other kind of spiritual creature that help and protect you. No, if you have a good spirit, that's the angel. And the angels do protect us. And they're very powerful. And they do protect us from a lot of evil. And I, I know people, they tell you miraculous stories. And it's like, yeah, that was your guarding angel. You know, a, a young man riding on a motorcycle gets run off the road. Um, he's, I don't know, he's what exactly 45, 50 miles an hour or so runs into a brick wall at full speed. He had a helmet on. Fortunately, his helmet is cracked, but he's safe. And he was, he walked away. He was able to walk away from that, not have to go to the hospital without internal injuries. That's a miracle. Okay. That's the angel protecting you. And, um, you know, sometimes there are physical explanations for those things. There are other circumstances that may have been, um, entering in there to protect us. And, but, but God sends his angels to protect you. He, his angel will guard you and guide you along the way. And we're supposed to listen to the angels. That's what we're supposed to develop a relationship with our angels. So we were talking about that. What's going to fill the, the, the God-sized hole in the human heart? Well, only a relationship with God can fill that. So in order to get, um, in order to be able to help others to not be lonely or isolated, we have to be able to help them to see that they're made for union with God. They're made for relationship with God. And Pope John Paul II used to say, young people do not be afraid. And he was saying, don't be afraid to allow God to come crashing into your darkness and bring the light of his truth and his love. Accept his love, accept his light. Let it penetrate into your being and let it lead you on the path of love. Don't continue in the sins that, that take us away from God. You know, what all guile, insincerity, envy, slander. Love is kind. Love is patient. Love does not put on errors. Love is not jealous. It does not rejoice in the, in the wrong. It rejoices in the right. Um, the Ten Commandments. These, these are the basic, basic realities of how we keep the law of God. But prayer is what nourishes that relationship with God. And we have to pray every day. So are we praying every day? Are we spending time with the Lord? Are we spending, putting time aside? Or, you know, a lot of young people today spend a lot of time watching um, on their phone or on their computers what we used to call television shows or movies, um, listening to songs that are just worldly songs. Take some of that time and give it to the Lord. Fill that time with prayer, prayer rosary every day, prayer chaplet of mercy every day. You don't have to do it all at once. You could even pray a decade of the rosary at several different times. You know, start the, with the Apostles' Creed in the morning when you get up with your morning prayers and then pray a decade of the rosary every couple of hours. By the end of the day, you've prayed five decades and then you pray the Hail Holy Queen at the end of the day. Pray a chaplet of mercy. Try and pray it at three o'clock in the afternoon, but pray it sometime during the day to acknowledge the mercy of God. Examine our conscience. Have we sinned? Have we offended God? God, I'm sorry. Have mercy on me, a sinner. And give me the grace to trust in your mercy. God is God and I am not. And only God can fill. And only a true and loving relationship with God can fill the longing of my heart. Every human love, every creaturely desire of our flesh that we fulfill is going to leave us empty and wanting more and more and more. But as we're filled with God, there becomes this peace within us, this peace and this joy, the joy of the Lord that emanates from us. 
And we can't give this to others if we don't have it. And this is what lonely people need. And they need to know that they're not alone. God is with them, even if they've been terribly treated, even if they've been molested and abused and beaten up. God is with them. God is with them. He has a mission for them. God has a mission for you, for all of those who feel oppressed, for all of those who are out there who feel like they're lost, like they've been abandoned by the church or that all the evil, there's all, only evil people in the church. That's not true. That's a lie. Read the lives of the saints. Read what they wrote, not just about them. Read what they wrote. Look up their names and read what they wrote. Read the, the New Testament. Read the whole scripture. And renounce the lie that God is evil because God is not evil. God is good. He loves us. He is a good father. And, you know, God's grace will bring us to peace. It will bring us to joy. Jesus didn't come to eradicate human suffering. He really didn't. Look at the cross. He didn't do that so that we don't have to suffer. We're going to have to suffer. Because of original sin, because of sin, because man rejected God's original plan, we lost a lot. We lost a lot. But Jesus Christ came to restore us to relationship with God, to bring us back, to recapitulate all things in himself, and to bring us back to the Father, and to, to live in him, to be one with him. Read the 17th chapter of the Gospel of John, and this oneness that we're called to, that the Father, Jesus and the Father are one. I and the Father are one. And if you are one with me, you will be one with the Father. And we will live in you. We will come and live in you and make our home in you, Jesus promised. And when God makes his home in us, we find peace, even in the midst of struggles. There's a book out there, and it's called The Little Lame Prince. It's not The Little Prince. There was a French author that wrote that, and I don't remember the name of it. That's a different book. This is written by Miss Murdoch. The author's name is Miss Murdoch. The Little Lame Prince. And the little lame prince has to suffer in life because when he was little, when he was born as a baby, his mother died and one of the nurses that was supposed to be taking care of him dropped him on the floor because she wasn't being attentive. And, and so it injured his spine and he ends up crippled. This is a story. It's not real life, but it's a story, but it illustrates. But it ends up, he has a fairy godmother, a guardian angel maybe but it's called a fairy godmother. And she comes to him and she tells him, I cannot change your lot in life. She's not going to heal his legs. He's going to be, he's going to remain with crippled legs for the rest of his life. He will never be able to walk. I cannot change your lot in life. I can only help you to bear it. And I think our guarding angels whisper that word into our ears, especially those who have been abused or molested or grave injustices have been committed against repeatedly in their life. And they feel like everyone's evil and God must be evil because there's so many evil people in the world. No, God's not evil. God is God and we are not. And there is no creature, no creature who can satisfy the longing of your heart. It's only union with God that can satisfy the longing of your heart. And the demons are trying to trick you into thinking that God is evil. So you'll turn away from him. And if you go to mass and you have bad dreams after you go to mass, well, maybe the devil's playing with your imagination because he can. He can suggest things to your imagination. And maybe he's putting images in your imagination. Ask the Lord to guard your dreams. Ask your guarding angel to guard your dreams at night so that the demons can't suggest to you these evil thoughts. Okay? When people have been <laughs> abused and molested and 
neglected and abandoned. It, it, it's amazing that the, the mental gymnastics that go on and the inner dialogue that is carried on. And we have to cease the inner dialogue. And the, the, what we have to try to do is fight manfully against the lies that the wounds tell us. Because the wounds tell us that we're not lovable and we're not loved and we may as well just give in to evil and, and debauchery and um, enjoy the flesh and, 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 and it's a lie. It's not that the flesh is evil, but if we give in to the passions, they will enslave us and we will never be satisfied. We need to give to God what is God and we are God's. We need to give ourselves back to him. We belong to him. We are his very dear children. Beloved, we are God's children now. What we will later be has not yet come to light, but when it does, we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. We will never be God, but we will be like him. We get to see him face to face in heaven. 1 John 3, 2 and following. We are God's children now and he loves us and he wants to fill us with himself, but we have to invite him in. And we can ask him to protect us from the attacks of the enemy that come as a result of the injustices that have been committed against us. And we can pray this prayer for other people too. Renew your own baptismal vows and ask and, and renew the vows of those who are your children or your godchildren or your family members. Go to church, try to go to church every day and at least spend five or 10 minutes with our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament, if you can go to daily Mass. We need to pray because prayer is the lifeline of our faith. The work of faith is prayer. It's what keeps faith alive. The work of hope, the virtue of hope, is almsgiving, taking care of the poor, what keeps hope alive, and mortification. No, I'm sorry, no, almsgiving is, is charity, I'm sorry. Mortification is the work of hope. And trust. If I trust God, I will give up the things of this world in order to have God. If I trust God, I can give up the things of this world because I have something better waiting for me ahead. So trust that the work of hope is mortification of the flesh, denying the flesh the things it wants in order to gain what is greatest, and that is God. And then the work of charity is almsgiving, to give alms to the poor. That's the work of charity. So practice the virtues of faith, hope, and charity every day. Pray, go to Mass as often as you can, at least weekly, if not several times during the week or daily, if you can. Pray your rosary, pray your chaplet of mercy. But most of all, spend time just in quiet prayer where you don't have to have formal prayer, but speak to God from your heart as a friend. And you can bring all your troubles to Him, all the hurts, all the pains, and you can beg Him to come in and touch those and redeem them all. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Thank you to the radio stations that pick us up and to our benefactors. Thank you to all of those who help us and volunteer with us and support our work in any way, especially those of you who pray. Share this with all your family and friends, your church group, your work people, whatever. Share it with everyone. Invite them to join the Virgin Most Powerful Radio family. Let us pray for one another, build one another up in the Lord, and pray for the grace of final perseverance. We can all be together in heaven for all eternity.